There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast, brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com. Q102, good morning. Hey, this is uh, Dean Junior at the Governor's Office, and President Button to connect to Governor. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Governor, you're on with Q102. Good morning. Governor DeWine, good, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How you guys doing? Well, we're doing all right. Thank you for calling, and we appreciate your time this morning. Governor, we, we told our listeners that you would be calling in this morning, and we asked them if uh, they had any questions that they would like to ask you that either maybe hasn't been covered or has been covered but is changing on a day-to-day basis as we try to follow this moving target. And the overwhelming majority of submissions had a lot to do with child care for essential employees. We're fortunate enough to have programs like the YMCA, where they provide child care for essential personnel. But uh, as I'm sure you know, space is very limited for programs like these. Do we have a target date for when all child care facilities can reopen? You know, we really don't. Um, we under, I understand that this is, a, it, is certainly a challenge. Um, you know, the situation we're in now, uh, just to kind of recap, uh, is that our hospital admissions uh, are still going up a little bit uh, each day. Uh, yesterday, our number of people going into the in- intensive care unit was was up, uh, but they're getting close to being flat. So there's not, you know, it's not going up dramatically uh, every day. And so, our first concern was overwhelming the, the healthcare system, uh, like we saw in Italy. And we have certainly, uh, by staying home, uh, avoided avoided that happening. Uh, so now we're looking at okay, well, how do we, how do we start, you know, opening, opening back up? Uh, we're looking at opening some businesses up around May, May one. So that would be, that would be coming, coming up. Uh, you know, the the virus is still very, very much here, and since most of us have not had it, um, you know, the, the the liability or the danger of, of of that virus is just as much today as it has ever been. So, uh, you know, you look for the settings where it spreads the most, the settings where it spreads the most, or when you have a number of people who are together, um, you know, any kind of larger gathering. Uh, and, of course, you know, with children, uh, maintaining the social distancing is certainly very difficult, if, if, if not virtually impossible. So that's that's the challenge uh, with school. That's the challenge, certainly, with daycare and uh it, you know it is it, 
mortality rate exceedingly low among young people, uh, but young people you know, certainly are carriers just like anybody else. And the thing about this uh, virus is that it doesn't many times manifest itself, uh, and so you don't see it, and so there's no symptoms. So we did some uh, testing uh, on a prison at Marion, Ohio, a few days ago, because we now have uh, COVID-19 in, in the prison, uh, tragically. And one of the things we saw is they went into one dorm, they tested everybody, and a large number of people tested positive, but 39% of the people who tested positive had no symptoms at all. So, so one of the things that makes this so dangerous is that people you know, can have the symptoms, or don't have any symptoms, but they're, they're carriers, and they have it, and they're spreading it, and no one knows. They don't know. No one else knows. Well, when we look at ways that we're trying to flatten the curve, Governor, um, I, I, you know, the, with the campgrounds closed, a lot of people are questioning the logic behind that. If, if there's an opportunity for people to distance themselves, they see campgrounds as a way of doing that while maintaining that six-foot social distancing. Can you tell us when campgrounds? Well, well certainly, and that's certainly a something uh, that we can be looking at. I mean, every, every state park is open, uh, so people could camp at, at state parks. Uh, and, you know, you've got to have the social distancing. Uh, you know, they can go to the state parks now. As we, You know, I know they can, they can rent cabins. Uh, as far as, you know, the campgrounds themselves, I think that's something that, we, you know, we have to evaluate as, as, as we move forward. The key to this whole thing is, is just the distancing. And if people can stay apart, uh, and if we can figure out how to do that, they can figure out how to do that, then it becomes, uh, you know, the risk goes goes dramatically. Always feel confident on your second date. With help from the Plastic Surgery Group. Schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440 or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com. Surgery has an I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Uh, you know, I was just on the phone right before I took this call with, with a, a professor at Ohio State. And this is what he studies. He's an environmental engineer. Uh, and we were talking about, you know, as we have businesses start to open up, uh, you know, what are all the things that are, are important? And, you know, he, he kind of looks at it in layers. Uh, someone's, someone's reference like Swiss cheese, you put enough layers on and you cover all, you cover the holes. And so, you know, the employees wearing a mask, for example, very, very helpful. Uh, the people who are coming in, customers wearing masks, that's another layer. Uh, and so I think, it, you know, if we, look to move out, move our economy forward, which is what we, we want to do. We want to get people back to work. Uh, we want to try to get back to, uh, you know, as much of the normal activity as we can. Um, there's no guarantee, you know, there's no 100% foolproof uh, way that you're, you know, you guarantee you're not going to get the virus. But increasing your odds uh, is, is what I think we're all interested in doing and just really understanding 
some of the things that we can do that really, you know, dramatically change change the odds and make them go go in our favor. I mean, he was talking about retail uh, businesses and, and you know, the simple act of, of taking the right fluid and, and wiping down uh, with that alcohol or whatever it is, wiping down the surfaces every half an hour. I mean, things like that are just you know, very, very important. Well, I'll tell you, every day at 2 o'clock, Governor, I have an 18-year-old son with autism that is missing school. He's handling it pretty good, but he's missing school. But every day at 2 o'clock, he is glued to the press conference because he just wants to know everything that's going on. And I'm... He loves you. He absolutely loves you. His name is Jacob. And um, I hope we don't don't bore him too much, you know, (laughs) His ears are perked. Everything's school. Everything's school. So how hopeful are you that the kids are going to be able to go back in August? Well, I'm certainly hopeful that, that we can we can do this. I think the question really is how we do it. And, I, you know, I've talked to different superintendents and, and uh, principals and teachers. And, uh, you know, they're working on it. They're thinking about it. You know, how can they have some, some protection with the distancing? Uh, but at the same time, you know, get kids actually back physically in, in school. Uh, so this is something that the schools are working on. I've asked them to, you know, come up with with ideas of what, you know, what they can do and, and how, they can, how they can do it. Do you have a wine suggestion for wine with the wine at 2 o'clock? <laughs> you are white, <laughs> you are red, you know, it's sweet, a dry. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I'll leave that up. To, I'll leave that up to everybody. I, you know, when this thing first started, and people are saying, "Hey, you know what's happening? People are actually having wine at two o'clock in the afternoon." I said, no, "That's crazy. Who's <laughs> doing that?" First of all, I said, "No one's watching this." I mean, you know, we're doing a press conference every day at two o'clock. I mean, normally the you know the eight news reporters or the ten news reporters. Then they started started putting it up on on TV and put it up on on the public TV. I said, this is this is absolutely crazy, but it does give us a chance, uh, you know, to try to communicate directly to the people of state and try to, you know, keep people informed about what what we know. And uh, I think in, in that sense, it's been, uh, you know, a good a good opportunity. Uh, we try not to be too boring in the hour and a half. We, the first few press conferences we did, they went off for two over two hours. And we said that's crazy. You know, we got we got to limit this thing. So we cut it to an hour and a half. That's still a long time to be watching anything. Well, we had a lot of questions in the beginning, and of course, we still have questions now, and probably more selfishly, Governor uh, Tim and I especially are wondering how long it'll be before the two of us can go get a haircut. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you, you don't don't laugh. That is the the number one question I get. Is that right? Haircuts? I believe it. Yeah. 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 Women, men, women cutting hair. Yeah. Wait, so as we look at this rolling reopening uh, of the state of Ohio, when when do you when would you speculate that would take place? Well, we're gonna start some of the things on May one, and uh, we're still working. And I mean, literally, we had. I, I just came off, uh, as I told you, a call this morning. Uh, we started at 6.30. The call's still going on. I got off to, to call you all. We appreciate uh, that. But, Thank you. You know, with an engineer, a guy who does this for a living. I mean, this is what he does every day, and that he studies infectious diseases. And, you know, what you can do to mitigate 
uh, the, the spread. And, you know, he got into things even like, uh, you know, for a restaurant or, or a, a commercial store, uh, you know, the HVAC and how many, what kind of filters you got on there and, and how much, what the blend is of how much air you're bringing in from the outside. Uh, so these are things that I never would have thought about, but, you know, he says are, are, are certainly important. I mean, we actually did talk about, you know, if you're going to uh, start back on the cutting hair, how you would have to do it. Uh, and he said, clearly, you know, both the, the person cutting hair and the person whose hair is being cut, you know, clearly would need to wear, would need to wear a mask. Yeah. If you're going to have any, any kind of protection at all. Uh, you know, wiping down the surfaces between people, uh, you know, wiping down everything. Uh, you know, these are things that I guess make common sense, but these would have to be the protocols. And, you know, I think most business people I've talked to, their attitude is, tell me what I got to do, I'll do it, but let me open up. And, yeah. you know, that's, I think, is probably the, the right the right attitude. I mean, let's just spell it out, and here's kind of you know what you need to do. And the vast, vast majority of people will do it. Sure, we're play. We're willing to play by the rules. We just want to know what yeah. the rules are, and that's got to be a challenge for you, Governor, because as human beings, you know, we we want to be able to make plans. We want dates. We want to know what to expect. Is that the hardest thing for you, Governor? Is that you can't always give those answers because of the way this virus works? That's absolutely correct, and and you know we're trying to monitor this thing every day. I mean, I'm looking as I told you every day uh, when I get off this call, I'll look at the numbers from yesterday. Uh, you know what the hospital admissions were, and you know how many people in the ICU units, uh, how many people died in the last 24 hours. So these are all things that you know I look at every morning. And Again, you you know you try to talk to the experts, and what they tell you is that this virus, they're not really sure about this virus because mm-hmm. you, know, you heard on the news last night um, the conversation about this thing may come back. Uh, you know, it may we may get it somewhat under control, but it comes back hard in the winter during flu season, and you know there's a real concern that the flu plus this. Uh, you know, would end up getting a, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people in, in, in the hospital. So, um, it, but they don't know, <laughs> you know, the best people we have don't, don't, don't know these things. And so trying to, trying to figure this out as we move forward is difficult. But I, I, I think the thing for our listeners is this is not, this did, did not go away. We've done a great job. We, we've, we've, kept it from becoming an Italy where our hospital system would be overrun. Uh, Ohioans done a great job. We want to start moving back. But as we move back, we have to understand we didn't, we didn't beat it. Uh, you know, we, we won a battle, but it is, uh, it is still very, very, very much here. And I'm looking at these numbers jump around every day, but a uh, number of deaths tragically last 24 hours, 48 in Ohio, um, if you look at hospitalizations, uh, in the last 24 hours, we had 126 hospitalizations. Uh, that compares to a five-day average of 90. So that, wow. so when I look at my graph, that's up, that's up. Now, you know, it doesn't mean it's going up every day. As, as I said, uh, 
the hospitalizations have been fairly flat, uh, but that's a pretty good spike, you know, in the last in the last 24 hours. And my graph that I'm looking at shows, of course, of course, going up, but uh, they've been fairly flat, and so we're clearly not going downhill yet, and that's what we want to what we want to see. And, and as we open up, what we would expect to see is number of cases will go up um mm-hmm. you know we're gonna have people are going to have more contact with each other and so that's the, that's always the trade-off uh, you know how many more people are going to get sick how many people are going to die uh as a result of opening back up on the other hand uh i think there's a general consensus that we can't go on like this forever uh, even though the virus is here we got to learn to live with it uh we got to be very very careful and for those of the your listeners you know who have a, a health problem uh, or you know, over sixty, over sixty-five, uh, need to be particularly, particularly careful uh, because when you get it, the results are going to be much more, uh, you know, drastic uh, than than somebody who is twenty and gets it. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't get pretty sick when you're twenty. Uh, right. I've seen people in the ICU units and in some very sad situations. So we don't want to we don't want to infer that if you're young, it's okay. You're not going to have a problem. But the big danger is that you become a carrier uh, and you infect your grandmother, your grandfather, or your parents, or you know that's the kind of the message that I have to young people. Uh, you know, I've had young people. You know whose attitude, I guess, is kind of like, well, if I get sick, I get sick. Well, okay, that's your choice, but uh, just remember that you're also a carrier, and you know, you're going to be infecting other people, and some of these people may may not be 20. <laughs> you know, they may be, you know, they may be 70 right. or 80, and the mortality rate goes up uh, dramatically. And so, you know, the good news is we, we've, we've slowed this curve down, we've slowed this thing down, but again, you know, Yesterday, in the last 24 hours, we had 48 people who died as a result of that. We had a lot of people in intensive care. So it's not over. It's not going to be over. we got to figure out how we can begin to get back to normal but take the precautions that we, we really need to take. Well, Governor DeWine, we appreciate you coming on the Jeff and Jen Morning Show. Thank you for taking Thanks the time. time. We, we know you're not getting a lot of sleep and you're burning the candle at both ends. <laughs> but we really appreciate it. We appreciate it. And Jacob well, and I will be watching it, too. Yeah, well, that's good. That's What's your son's name? Jacob. Okay, well, say hi to him for me, will you? I will, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, say hi to Jacob. All right, well, have a, have a good day. I Thank you, Governor. It. You, too. You, too. Thank, Thank you. you, Governor. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, Governor DeWine. God, he sounds exhausted. Ohio. I mean, he must yeah. drink a giant cup of coffee before that 2 p.m. press conference. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Bless and, his heart, and, man. Bless, right? Seriously. And he's in the middle of a conference call when he's talking to us. I know. So wow. he's multitasking and everything else. And we you know, really appreciate the time. And I know these are, these are tough questions to answer, uh, mm-hmm. especially when you're you know, doing your best to reconcile some of these statistics like he talked about how we have hospital admissions going up but we're trying to manage a rolling reopening of the state and what that's going to look like beginning on may 1st is anyone's guess but they're working on it and they're talking to engineers and professors and they got the best minds on it and we appreciate him taking the time betsy submitted a question that we didn't get to it was when are the bars opening and can you tell us what time (laughs) 
<laughs> what, what That's day a good what question. Time? Yeah. It didn't sound like the governor was very happy about wine with DeWine. I wonder if he even drinks. I was curious about maybe he doesn't even enjoy a good cocktail. He may not be a day drinker, that governor. I don't think so. Yeah. I That's told okay. Tim, I said, maybe Mayor Cranley can send him over a nice cab. Uh, no, nice we know cab he likes a red. He, yes. he likes a, a good red. red. He does indeed. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast, brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com.